Hello and welcome to Nerd Girl Musings Podcast. My name is Jen and I'm so glad you're here. We're still in Pride Month, so that means we're going to do another movie from the side of the world that's colored in rainbows. And tonight we're going to talk about the one that is one of my absolute favorites, no matter how badly it was panned. Um, And I've seen some really bad reviews on this one, but the movie is called Better Than Chocolate. So this movie came out in 1999, and frankly, I had never heard of it until, of all things, I was in basic training in the Army in 2000, and we had a weekend pass, and some of my buddies had, I I don't even know how we got it, I, I don't know if we rented a setup that had a DVD player or a VHS back in those days. I I have no idea how we got this movie, but I remember a group of us crammed into a hotel room watching Better Than Chocolate. So the first thing about this movie that I really enjoy is the soundtrack. It has some really good music on it, and I do find myself still to this day playing the soundtrack and it conjures up images of the movie and and certain parts of it. Um, The other thing that I like is it's somewhat relatable. There are some tropey kind of stereotypes and I'm here for it. You know, it's sometimes I feel like people try so hard to put everything in the proper box to check all the right areas to make sure all the right people play all the right roles. And sometimes we overlook that it's just a, an, a good story and it's fun. And for an hour and a half, I just enjoyed myself. And so this movie has had some super bad reviews and people just eviscerate everybody in it. Which I think is sad because it, for the the time, this was pre, uh, this was pre L word by a couple of years even. And some of the, some of the movies at that point people would always watch were um, The Amazing Tale, uh, what is it? The Amazing Story of Two Girls in Love or something like that. And it just, it, you had certain movies that everybody expected you to like and to watch. And I watched most of them back in those days. Um, I think all, everybody goes through phases within accepting who they are. And it starts with covering everything in your life in a rainbow. And it kind of continues on to... Um, having having every pride parade, every pride march, every uh, everything be about being gay. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think there are still plenty of people that live their lives so out and so proclaiming this is who I am. It's amazing. But I don't feel like you can spend forever there. And... So 
this movie reminds me of what it was like to be newly out and to be celebrating some of my very first prides and going in public with a girlfriend for the first time and holding their hand and being like, oh my gosh, I'm out in the world. And there's a a freedom in that. There's a nervousness in that. There's a an emotional quality to it. And, and this movie just sort of sums up all of those things for me. And it introduced... It introduced us to your typical stereotypes. You've got, you know, your more girly girl. You have your more butchy female because people just can't quite seem to handle um, people who they are. They have to put them in a box. And I think that's always been true. I think that's why we've seen things like the L word be so successful is because they had this wide range of characters that everybody could relate with. Um, You know, we have a transgender character. We have um, the bisexual. We've got all these typical people. And, you know, in some cases my my world at the time had been also surrounded by some of these same types of people and you know it like when i look around at who i was in the military with at the time you know all of us were probably described as tomboys and we were into sports, we were tough, we clearly were there to work hard, and we fell into a certain stereotype. And I think people get really comfortable with that, both those living in the stereotype and those looking outside at others saying, you know, oh, this person must be this way because they look like this or they act like this. And it... You know, it was one of those things that just reminds me of fun and happy times. Like, I was with people that I absolutely adored. We are still friends to this day. I'd be curious if I reached out to them right now and and asked them if they remembered watching this movie, um, what their thoughts were on it. But um, since this is my podcast, (laughs) we're not quite there. Um. You know, it. Uh, the actors in this movie have gone on to various levels of success. Um, Christina Cox is known for various other roles. She plays Kim, um, and at the time she was coming off being a gymnast in Canada, so she had arms that were to die for. And that's one of the things that I that I remember clearly in this movie was like, how do I get those arms? Um, and Wendy Crewson, as a mom, an oblivious mom, was just hilarious. She was... She was the kind of mom that you want to meet your transgendered friend, to fall in love with your friend and not realize that Judy used to go by a different name and that's not who she was. And now she lives her life as Judy and what that means and how that impacts and how she can change her relationship with her daughter. Um, So, 
You know, like I said, some very stereotypical things. Uh, the other thing that was also very stereotypical is that Kim and Maggie meet and they instantly have this connection, which is not unusual. That happens to all different people, all different um, sexualities. Um, but then Kim just kind of moves on in. And that's, you know, it's a joke. It's a joke that you meet your first girlfriend with your U-Haul. And that's just how, you know, I mean, it's funny because it has happened. Does it always happen? No. Are those always the most successful relationships? No, but they can be. Um, but it's the stereotype. And I I like that this movie drops us into a bar. And the bar's name is The Cat's Ass. And they're doing, a, I don't want to say it's a drag show, because it's not necessarily a drag show. It's a performance. And... Maggie is really involved in these performances and they do some stuff under black lighting and it's just a lot of fun. And it reminds me of how much fun going to the club was in the 90s and early 2000s. Um, I, I have so many great memories from when I was first understanding who I was and I was living in Lansing, Michigan, um, going to my very first pride marches and seeing other people that were just like me and that were interested in life and entertainment and watching people singing Tracy Chapman fast car. You know, I mean, there's nothing special about that. It just, it was a moment. And there were such freer times, um, you know, in some ways at the time, like when I was in the military, I was in under Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And that was a, a scary time to be in the military. We had just had um, someone killed for being gay. And that was a, a fear. It was a true fear. But on the other hand, when you had this core group that you could truly be yourself with and you could be who you were meant to be. Um, you know, when I first moved to Madison, there was one particular club that we would go to here. And I met some people that to this day, I'm still friends with one is my hairdresser. And he was also my favorite dry queen. So my favorite joke is I've been giving him money since for 21 years. And it used to be I would tuck it in his G-string and now I'm tucking it into his pocketbook, you know? I mean, um, and I knew people way back then that initially were drag queens. And then I learned that they were actually transgender and that this is just how their life evolved and who they truly were. And so now I know those people in a very different way. And... I think we all go, and I say when we, I mean, just in general, when you come from a background that's not accepting, when you finally have the chance to be free and express who you are, I think, you know, then you go to these clubs and you have these experiences. And this movie for me truly brought out those moments. So 
Kim and Maggie kind of move in together and Maggie's mom comes to town because she's getting a divorce because her husband is um, cheating on her. Um, I think this is husband two or three or whatever. And Maggie had made up this story about where she lived and um, she was actually subletting from a woman that goes to or that runs these sex education seminars. And so she has implements, to quote Maggie, um, all over the house. And it's the only, uh, it's one of the few Canadian cities that if I ever looked at it, I would probably never know what it is. Um, but thanks to this movie, I know how to pronounce it. And it's Tuck to Yuck Tuck. Um, I have no idea where that is. And, um, but there's a, a part in the movie where she's like, yep, I'm going from tuck to yuck tuck to yellow knife. And, you know, she's kind of talking about where she's all going to be going and, um, how long Maggie is going to sublet from her. So her mom and brother move in and things start to get interesting because Kim is there as well. And their relationship is just beginning there. They don't really know much about one another. Um, and Maggie does not know who her daughter is. Um, all she knows is that Maggie dropped out of school. She can't quite figure out why. And, um, Maggie had been sleeping on a sofa in the gay bookstore that she worked for called 10%. So there's a, a subplot of the movie that we're trying to get these, um, these books and stuff through Canadian customs and they're calling them obscene. Um, and you know, so there's it, it kind of deviates a little bit. And um, there's Tony who has a coffee shop nearby. And although he is accepting of Maggie and Kim alone, he doesn't want them in his shop holding hands or kissing or anything like that. And, and so we kind of see how he is with them in general. Um, but the true story really is Maggie and her mom. At least I feel. Um, everybody kind of comes of age in their own way. Her brother uh, learns some things about who he is and, of course, begins dating the only bisexual in the movie because, of course, um, we learn that Judy has this tremendous crush and is totally in love with Francis. And Francis owns the bookstore that Maggie works for. And Francis is... I think scared. Um, she comments that, you know, she's only had three girlfriends and they were just like her. And, and, um, and Judy is like, well, I'm just like you. I like the same kind of books. I, I I'm the same way. Um, and so we see Francis fighting that throughout the movie. We also see some, uh, they look to be like neo-Nazi type skinhead type, guys kind of harassing them at different points in the movie um it starts in the beginning they they kind of pick on maggie a little bit and then uh, there's another point at the end where maggie is doing this protest in front of a storefront and they they um cause a, a problem there um and then the other thing that we see is while judy is in the women's restroom um a woman comes in and uh, has an altercation with her. She kind of beats her. Um, and so we can kind of see the the prejudice even within the community against 
uh, someone like Judy that is living her true self. Um, and the other thing that Judy goes through is she learns her parents want to buy her a condo so that way after she has her transition surgery, she is able to recover in, in privacy and um, relax. And she thinks this is a great thing. And so she invites her parents down, uh, even though they haven't seen each other in a very long time. And she learns that um, the condo was sort of a, a don't contact us, don't don't get back in touch with us again. Um, this is our way of buying you off and saying we're done with you, we're cutting you out of our life. Um, I wish they would have explored some of that a little bit more, but in the context of the story, because you have a limited amount of time and, of course, budget, um, they don't go very far into it. And I think it also helps uh, Maggie understand, or not Maggie, it helps Maggie's mother understand how impactful this can be. And Judy is instrumental in helping her come to terms with who her daughter is and continuing to love her daughter for who she is. Um, and it takes some, uh, some dramatic scenes in the movie, of course, because we have to have a moment and Maggie and Kim have a fight. And so Kim hops in her, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like a delivery van and drives off before she realizes she made a mistake and she turns around and comes back just at the right time. And we have a wonderful ending. Everybody loves everyone. And, uh, you know, that's the, the best ending that you can have happily ever after, yada, yada, yada. So we know that that type of thing does not happen in real life. We know that um, not every story is a is your textbook type of story. Um, and even for the actors themselves, um, Karen, uh, I think it's Doyer who played Maggie. Uh, she was best known for this particular role. Uh, she, in 2018, actually committed suicide. And, um, you know, it's, it's sad that people get to that point in their lives and you don't know what else is hiding in there that, that someone is keeping, keeping quiet. Um, and so for her, she obviously had some, um, you know, she had some hardship in her life. Uh, I actually learned about that because I, I follow Christina Cox on Instagram and she had posted that a couple of years ago. And, and she, she had said that she learned, um, about, she had learned about, um, her death and that she was saddened and hope heartbroken. Um, and you know, for her, they were friends for a time, but distance in life created the separation and, you know, they they didn't keep in touch. And I, I mean, you just can't expect everybody to be friends with everyone forever. But, um, you know, so that was, that was always really sad to, to read and to see what happened there. She was 43 years old at the time. Um, but another thing with this movie is that some people got really focused on who the actor was that played 
Judy. And uh, people really had trouble with someone like Peter Outerbridge who pl- um, playing Judy because he is a cisgender male. And there are limited roles for um, transgendered individuals. And so they were upset that someone was not selected um, for that role that was of the transgender community. And so there's, there's a lot of, a lot of controversy around that. Um, and like I said, in the beginning, this movie was not reviewed very kindly and it, uh, a, a lot of people felt it just was campy. It was not truly, I don't know, didn't have much depth to it. But if anybody would actually look around and see what other movies were in the 90s and early 2000s, this is the, the type of movie that we, that we had. I mean, that was, that was what the, they would make. This is what would sell. This is what uh, became the movies that a lot of us grew up with. And so for me, this is always one of my favorites, um, good or bad. I still love it. I still watch it on occasion. Uh, like I said, the soundtrack is really good and um, it's a lot of fun. So coming up, we've got a couple of weeks left in June and going to be honest, my my schedule is getting a little bit crazy, so I might be more sporadic in my recordings. Uh, they may not come out on the exact same day at this point because it's going to have to be when uh, when I'm able to to do a recording and, and get this submitted. Um, but there are two more movies left that I think I'm going to profile this month. Uh, one is called Debs, um, and I think... Everyone knows who Jordana Brewster is. She's in the Fast Furious series. Um, she is in this movie, Debs. I absolutely love it. Again, a really bad, <laughs> really bad movie. Um, and then the final one, which is a true classic, um, but I'm a cheerleader. So those are the next two that I've got coming up. And next year we'll pick up with some other ones. Maybe I'll revisit some from the very old past. Or we've had some new movies come out in the last six, eight months. And and maybe we can pick up with those as well. So thank you for joining me again. And make sure you stop over to Instagram. Say hello. Um, I always like it when people drop by and uh, give a suggestion or a recommendation of of a movie, book, or TV show that we can talk about because sometimes I feel like it's just all my favorites, which quite honestly it is. I'm, I'm not going to talk about a whole bunch of them that I don't like, but you know I have. So stop on over, say hello. Thanks for joining me today. Take care and be well. <music>